Welcome to Wellness Life Legends of Pana, a mini podcast series that revolves around the stories that portray animals in a sense of awe and admiration and fear for some. These stories help us find out whether these may have affected and molded the modern world treatment of animals. Without much ado, I present to you Vishal and Shashwat, your hosts for Legend of Pana. So, let's dive in. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Legends of Fauna where we try to figure out if the way we treat specific animals today has something to do with how they were portrayed in numerous mythologies. Before he forgets, I am Shashwat and I am Vishal and welcome to the Legends of Fauna, the tales of ravens. Ravens are one of the least concerned animals on the list of endangered species to the point where their population has seen a steady increase. So now the question is why are ravens on this list of podcasts the answer might come to you as a surprise and which is why we shall keep it till the end of the episode so is that why in norse mythology odin is aided by ravens to help him rule the universe yes in the norse mythology odin the head god had two ravens sitting on his shoulders hugin and munin the myth says that these two birds were not only deeply connected with him but they were also his eyes and ears they would fly out and come back with news about everything they saw and heard hugin stands for thought whereas munin stands for memory or mind one of odin's many name was rafnagel that translates to raven another tale from norse mythology is about viking clans that went to war under a raven banner an idea that many people share is that the vikings were invoking odin's power by carrying a banner with a spiritual animal ravens are scavengers by nature however they are also effective hunters and know how to use their unity to bring down a field that is bigger than one bird to handle alone a flock of ravens is called unkindness or conspiracy and sometimes even murder which is mostly because of how they are considered traditionally bad in a lot of european mythologies Ravens are seen as a bringer of evil and misfortune. In France, people believed ravens were the souls of wicked priests, while crows were wicked nuns. In Germany, ravens were the incarnation of damned souls or sometimes Satan himself. In Sweden, ravens that croaked at night were thought to be the souls of murdered people who didn't have proper Christian burials. And in Denmark, people believed that ravens are exorcised spirits. In India a crow landing on a nearby tree was an indication of good fortune Additionally Hindu legends tell of crows bringing messages and offerings to people's forebears Crows are well known in Celtic lore and regarded as on the edge between life and dark life and death Also ravens were said to be an omen of battle and bloodshed in the Celtic mythology The Irish believe that the war goddess would call ravens down from the sky to eat the corpses of the fallen. Arabs call the raven Abu Zajir, the father of omens. Swedish folklore tells us that ravens are the ghosts of those who were murdered and did not receive proper burials. So, let's delve into the topic and see what we learn today. Ravens have long been considered mystical and magical. On the other hand, they have also been widely disliked by humans. In medieval days, finding the foot of a crow, often referred to as a witch's foot, was considered a mark or sign of death. In many cases, the color black is connected to sinister activities. 
Even when considering mythology, the appearance of these black-feathered birds has two interpretations, one on each end of the spectrum. While they can be considered omen and on the other end is considered divine. The Greeks thought of crows as messengers of the gods carrying wisdom and secrets. In both ancient Hinduism and Buddhism, crows and ravens symbolize ancestral beings, a belief shared on the other side of the world in Australian Aboriginal mythology. Crows were held as being highly sacred in the Tibetan branch of Buddhism and were seen as a vehicle of thunderbolt, the earthly manifestation of Mahakal, the protector of earth. In Hinduism, they were offered food during Shraddha, an ancient ritual that is still in practice today. In the Greek mythology, crows are associated with the anger of the god Apollo, the son of Zeus, the father of gods. There is a story that once all crows were white birds. However, after having received bad news from a crow about the betrayal of his lover Coronis, he cursed the animal by changing his plumage entirely black. From that time onwards, all crows were black. In fact, the scientific name of the carrion crow is Corvus coronae. Coronae is derived from the name of Apollo's lover Coronis. In one account of the story, Apollo is killing Coronis, while in another, Coronis turned into a crow herself. Japanese mythology believed in Yatagarasu, a three-legged crow and an important figure in the Japanese myths. According to the Kojiki, Japanese oldest written history, Yatagarasu is an incarnation of the god Kamo Taketsunumi. The tale says that he led Japan's first emperor Jimmu through the mountains to establish his country. According to the Chinese mythology, ravens caused bad weather in the forest to warn people that the gods were going to pass by. While some Native American tribes worship the ravens as a deity in and of itself, simply called Raven, he is described as a sly trickster who is involved in the creation of the world. During the Middle Ages and the spread of militarist Christianity, ravens were associated with witchcraft and black magic, and they were believed to be able to cast evil spells. It is also legend that when King Arthur returns, he will be in the form of a raven. People in the Middle Ages believed that witches and devils could shapeshift into ravens, similar to the dark fairies. The raven species name comes from the Greek korax, meaning croaker, and its common name is from Old Norse rapun to clear one's throat. In the Quran, it is said that when Cain, the eldest son of Adam and Eve, killed Abel, his younger brother, Allah sent a raven that showed him how to hide his brother's corpse. It's the only story in Quran where a raven is said to appear. The fratricide is mankind's first murder according to the holy scriptures and a raven is associated with the death. It could be that this is one of the reason that people connect blackbird with bad news. Due to the scavenger characteristics, many ravens and crows were found at battlefields as they were feeding on corpses. Likely, people therefore associated these majestic birds as a harbinger of death. They may have thought that when seeing ravens, death will be close. Before being famous in the horror genre, thanks to Edgar Allan Poe, ravens were mentioned in the Old Testament, which is the Abrahamic universe, after the destruction of Eden. According to the legends, in the smoldering remains of wrathful destruction, nothing was permitted to pass through except ravens. Ravens were allowed to live amidst the destruction for they could feed off the dead. 
there have been multiple instances of ravens being sighted in the Abrahamic universe. In the book of Genesis, Noah first sent a raven from the ark to determine if the flood waters had receded. In the book of Kings, which is the ninth book of the Hebrew Bible, ravens were commanded by the God to bring bread and meat to the prophet Elijah twice a day during the time of drought. In Hindu mythology, the Hindu deity Shani is often represented as being mounted on a giant black raven or crow. The crow, sometimes a raven or vulture, is Shani's vahan. As protector of property, Shani is able to repress the thieving tendencies of these birds. Kaka Busundi, who is one of the characters of Ram Charitramanas, is another well-known story. Kaka Busundi was an enlightened sage in the body of a crow and was a great bhakta of Sri Ram. He used to teach all the feathered folk who flocked around him about the path of devotion to Sri Ram. He was not always a crow though. Originally, he was born in Ayodhya and as a young man, he was very arrogant and proud. In his youth, he became a devotee of Lord Shiva and every day he would go to the temple to pray. During this time, he met a saint, a Brahman, who was also a devotee of Lord Shiva but at the same time, he was full of respect for Sri Ram too. Even though Busundi was a young, arrogant fellow, the saint was very kind to him, giving him many teachings and also initiating him into the Shiva's mantras. This went on for some time and despite Busundi's attitude, the preceptor never reacted. He continuously tried to correct Busundi, who only wanted to worship Shiva, but in a very egotistical manner. One day, Busundi was doing Jap in Lord Shiva's temple, all the while thinking of himself as a very great meditator. He thought he understood the way better than his kind preceptor who had guided and initiated him. I will only follow Lord Shiv, he thought to himself, because Sri Ram is inferior, even repulsive. So, when his preceptor walked into the temple, Busundi went right on with his Jap and meditation, ignoring him, as if he wasn't even there. The kind saint who was trying to help and teach him would daily reproach him for this and ask him not to behave this way. He would say, The fruit of worshipping Shiva is only faith and devotion to Sri Ram. All the practices you do, all the efforts you make towards attaining the grace of Shiva will only lead you to the feet of Sri Ram. However, Busundi would become all the more angry and sometimes even shout at his saintly preceptor. Lord Shiva was pleased because the Lord is always pleased when his devotee is sincere, kind and forgiving. So he said to the preceptor, I will grant you any boon you want. The preceptor replied, Lord, first give me the boon of always being devoted to your feet, but kindly give me another boon. Shiva agreed and then the preceptor said, forgive Bhusundi. The poor ignorant fellow is just lost in illusion and doesn't know any better. Lord Shiva replied, My words can never be in vain, but I will try to help him. Even though this curse must come true, it will eventually become a source of blessing for him. He will have to take 1000 subhuman births and live in all the different lower forms, but I will spare his suffering in each birth. He will neither suffer the agony of birth and death, nor will he lose the awareness of all his past births. And gradually, because he was born in Ayodhya and because he worshipped me, he will achieve devotion for Sri Ram as well. 
So it happened that immediately upon leaving the temple, Bhusundi went into the forest where he dropped his body and started the process of transmigration. He was born as a serpent and then took birth in a thousand other subhuman forms. Each form he assumed dropped away with ease, just as a man casts off old clothes and dons new ones and his understanding never left him. Finally, at the end of all these transmigrations, he had acquired a deep love for Sri Ram and was born as a Brahman. So, one of his transitional births was as a crow? Yes, you got it right. It is an incredibly amazing story though. Ravens and crows have a very tiny difference between them, mostly accounting for their size and vocalizations. Ravens are smart and extremely social. Ravens usually hide their food for the future. If they think another raven is watching, they will pretend to hide the food in one place while actually hiding in a different place. However, since as a whole, ravens are smart, a tricked raven will often find the food anyway. It's well known that ravens and crows can recognize individual human faces and that they have complex languages. There are just so many things that we can learn from these marvelous birds and just so many amazing qualities that we can take from them. Now to answer why ravens was the topic of discussion today, ravens are hated and most people are scared of them. They are connected to omens, death, fear and creepiness. And yet, they may be one of the smartest animals with an incredible sense of memory and socialization. Maybe appearances are not everything and we should always remember that. And with that, we come to the end of today's session. We hope to see you for the upcoming episodes, each with a new animal and a new perspective. Till then, be safe, be wild and have fun. Thank you so much for tuning in. You will find us in your playlist every Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday at 6pm. If you like Wilderness Lives, Legend of Fauna, please like, subscribe and share with your friends and family. You can also visit our website www.thewildernesslives.com to know more about us. Or you can always follow our official Instagram and Facebook pages at the rate wilderness underscore lives. Or register to our medium publication, The Wilderness Lives, to keep updated with our work. See you guys soon with yet another episode.